welcome to 10 Minutes in Space. I'm your host, Will Saddleberg. Every week, we take you into the final frontier, 10 minutes at a time. Today, we open the diaries of the Kepler Space Telescope to follow its nine-year journey that expanded our concept of the stars. Prepare yourself for exoplanets, a rain of precious gems, and vampire stars. Buckle up, and let's blast off. 80 seconds. RCO, report range go for launch. Range go for launch. Stardate 62653.6. Just kidding. It's March 7, 2009. Launch day. Today's the day my brand new job at NASA finally begins. My name's Kepler. Welcome aboard. I'm a space telescope, part of the Discovery Program at NASA, and I'm going to be launched into space to survey Earth's region of the Milky Way. Now that may sound like a simple task, but it couldn't be further from the truth. My mission has been decades in the making, with the goal of answering a single question. How many inhabitable planets are there in our galaxy? 45 seconds. As far as space telescopes go, I'm pretty small, just around a metric ton. My only scientific instrument is a photometer. It monitors the brightness of 150,000 stars in a fixed field of view that's roughly the size of a fist. Think of it like a stationary camera, but in space. 22 seconds. Using my photometer, I can record information from exoplanets. That is, planets orbiting the stars other than our sun, to determine whether or not a planet is in the potential zone to host life. When an exoplanet passes in front of the stars in my field of view, I can record the change in brightness, which looks sort of like when a cloud passes in front of the sun. And then I send this information to my human colleagues down at NASA. Needless to say, I'm pretty good at my job. Kepler's Log, December 2011. I've been moving through space for nearly three full years, and I've already made hundreds of discoveries, each more exciting than the first. In January 2010, I finally discovered my first group of planets. These gas giants orbit their stars every few days and reach temperatures as high as 2000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a little bit too hot for my taste, so I kept moving. A year later, I finally found my first rocky planet. I was thrilled. That is, until I learned its location was just a little bit too close to the sun, and its entire surface was covered in molten lava. Although it reminded me a lot of Star Wars, there is no place for life there. So I kept looking. The most exciting discovery happened just yesterday, when I finally found my favorite planet, Kepler-22b. It's not just because it was named after little old me, I mean, a lot of my findings are. Kepler-22b is nearly twice the size of Earth, and it finds itself in what is known as the system's Goldilocks zone. It's not too hot or too cold, and it's just the right distance from its star to potentially support life. Although we don't quite know its mass or composition, NASA's main hypothesis is that Kepler-22b could be covered in water, earning itself the nickname Waterworld back at HQ. Kepler's log, April 2013. This year is off to a great start, 
and it's all thanks to some incredible work back on Earth. In January, astronomers revealed that the Milky Way contains approximately 400 billion exoplanets. That's as many planets as stars, and I'm doing my best to find as many as I can. I just have to keep focused on the work ahead of me. Kepler's Log, May 14, 2013. Ugh, two of my poor reaction wheels have broken down. Uh, NASA's been trying to fix them remotely for a while now, but I'm so far away. And right now I, I can't collect any more scientific data. I think this is going to bring an early end to my mission, and I, I might be left up here all alone. I'm not sure there's anything else I can, I can do. I'm back! It's been a year since I broke down. I, I started drifting further out in space, but I'm back online now. The entire space science community worked together to find me an alternative mission. One that I can accomplish even with my disabled wheels. Now, I'll be using my photometer to detect habitable planets by scanning a larger swath of the sky, and this time along an elliptical plane. Thanks to this new mission, new types of research have opened up to my team back home, like studying objects within our solar system, including exploding stars and distant supermassive black holes at the hearts of galaxies. I can't wait. Kepler's Log, January 2016. Right now, I'm looking down at Hat P7b a Jupiter-like exoplanet 1,000 light-years away from Earth and two times bigger than our own Sun. Back home, NASA was able to use my findings over the last four years to make a glittering discovery. The clouds below me contain corundum, a mineral that forms rubies and sapphires. When these clouds move across the surface of the planet, the whole thing glimmers across my photoreceptors as it rains rubies and sapphires. What a sight. I'm pleased to say my new mission has been a huge success. To date, I've helped NASA discover more than 4,000 potential planets in our galaxy. Even better, 30 of those planets have rocky surfaces and are roughly the same size as the Earth, making them potential candidates for extraterrestrial life. Although it's hard to gather much more information than the dim light I detect on my photometer, it's still a very exciting discovery to think of the potential for future generations to explore these planets. It has my microchips all abuzz. Kepler's Log, May 2018. I've just spent the last six months observing supernova, capturing the beginning stages of a star's explosion with unprecedented precision. For the first time in history, I was able to capture the shock wave from one of these supernova, which scientists are now calling a shock breakout. The star exploded three times faster than originally predicted. In any case, it was quite a show. Kepler's Log, October 30th, 2018. After nearly a decade of planet hunting, I've finally run out of fuel. It shouldn't be a big surprise. I've been running pretty low for months now. My mission managers knew this day was coming and managed to delay it by putting me to sleep at times, but 
My operational life was extended for as long as possible, and it couldn't last forever. When my mission was conceived more than three decades ago, we didn't know of a single planet outside of our solar system. Now, we know that every star we see has on average one planet. My nine-year mission was to explore strange new worlds and to boldly go where no one has gone before. But today, I'm no longer able to reorient myself to study cosmic objects or even beam my data home to Earth. My collected observations will keep me alive in spirit, but I'm closing my lens now. Please remember me. My mission may have ended, but my work lives on. Kepler's legacy is far from finished. Much of the data Kepler collected over the years still needs to be analyzed, and that means new discoveries are happening all the time. In January 2020, over a year after Kepler's planet hunting ceased, astronomers studying collected data found a white dwarf star stripping materials off of its neighboring star due to its strong gravity. The resulting appearance made the white dwarf appear as though it was draining the life from its neighbor, earning itself the nickname Vampire Star. It's yet another discovery that proves the importance of Kepler's journey into space. This voyage may be over, but the mission lives on. Join us next week for another adventure in space, 10 minutes at a time.